Thank you for coming. Welcome to Drisha's Fall Programming and the third part of a series on Abraham Joshua Heschel, Human Dignity as a Divine Concern by Dr. Dror Bondi. And without further ado, Dr. Bondi. Thank you. I want to, to open with a reminder to, to our last class in which we read a very famous speech of Abraham Joshua Heschel about racism and the relation between racism and faith. Um, Abraham Joshua Eshel tried to develop uh, an idea uh, that as, as much as you uh, believe in one God, you have to be against racism. Believing faith in, in one God is not a mere saying faith in one God is a, a state of mind in which you stand before God as a as a parent which make you see which makes you see all the all, all the others all, all the rest of the human being uh, human beings as, as your brothers and sisters. Uh, this is the deep meaning of faith in one God. And there was, uh, there was a question in our last class. Uh, what about another uh, kind of faith of, yes, there, there, Nobody, not all, all the people believe in one God, not, a, not, uh, not all the people believe in the same God, etc. And I tried to explain that according to Heschel, the deep faith in one God is not, uh, is not a, the belonging to a tribe, the belonging to a, a, a nation, the belonging to a, a kind of, of church, etc. But the question is the God's, the perspective of God, the divine concern. And the question is not what is your faith, but what is the faith of God in you? And, and uh, uh, we are, uh, yes, there is a pluralism. There is a pluralism in humanity. Um, even one person uh, has uh, this faith today and another faith tomorrow and so the question is not what is your faith today uh, about God, but the, the eternal faith of God in humanity, in, in, in all the human beings. This is the perspective of God, which Heschel uh, call us, calls us to, to stand before. So, and, and I uh, 
mentioned in our last class that today we will uh, read together another famous speech of Eschel about religious pluralism, uh, which will explain it uh, more deeply, deeper than, than uh, my comment in our last class. Uh, the name, the title of the speech that we will read today is No Religion is an Island. Uh, it's, a, it's a very famous speech which Heschel uh, delivered in the Union, at the Union Theological Seminary, uh, a very Protestant, famous college, uh, famous Protestant college in New York, New York City. In fact, uh, this, this uh, college is located in, in the, in the same place of the Jewish Theological Seminary in which Heschel uh, worked. Uh, if you, I believe you, you know uh, New York City uh, better than, than me. Uh, and if you stand uh, near the Jewish Theological Seminary uh, in Broadway, uh, in North Manhattan, uh, you can see in the other uh, side of Broadway uh, the Union Theological Seminary, which meant that that, that Heschel simply crossed the cross Broadway, crossed Broadway in order to teach, in order to speak to the Christians, to the Christian uh, students in, in in this Protestant college. He was the first non-Protestant who taught in this college. Uh, in fact, this speech was his first class in a series of uh, lessons that he taught in, uh, in for one semester during 1963, and the historical context is the famous Vatican II. I believe you know uh, this famous historic event in which the church, the Catholic church, um, declared that uh, Judaism is a leg legitimate a religion, and Eschel was, uh, I believe, the most uh, the Jew that was the most involved in this uh, uh, historical event. He had he had a very close relationship with Cardinal B, um, the bishop of the church, that. Uh, that wrote the declaration about uh, about uh, Judaism, and it was a very complicated uh, process uh, in which Eschel was involved. Um, in 
this historical context, the Union Theological Seminary to Protestant College also invited Heschel to speak to his students as part of the change uh, uh, of the Christian world to the Jews. Um, let's let's start reading. Um, I'm sharing with you. Uh, as uh, part, part uh, several quotes from this uh, historical uh, uh, speech. Uh, Enid, do you want to, to read uh, the first paragraph? Okay. First, uh, quote. Yes, thank you. Oh, good. Okay, I speak as a member of a congregation whose founder was Abraham, and the name of my rabbi is Moses. I speak as a person who was able to leave Warsaw, a city in which I was born, just six weeks before the disaster began. My destination was New York. It would have been Auschwitz or Treblinka. I'm a brand plucked from the fire in which my people were burned to death. Huh, I am a brand plucked from the fire of an altar of Satan on which millions of human lives were exterminated to evil's greater glory, and on which so much else was consumed. The divine image of so many human beings, many people's faith in the God of justice and compassion, and much of the secret and power of attachment to the Bible, bred and cherished in the hearts of men for nearly 2,000 years. I speak as a person who is often afraid and terribly alarmed, lest God has turned away from us in disgust, and even deprived us of the power to understand his word. Some of us are like patients in the state of final agony who scream in delirium. The doctor is dead, the doctor is dead. Wow. Please continue, please continue. Continue? Yes. <laughs> okay. Nazism, what's that? Maybe someone else can continue? <laughs> this is really dark. Okay, Sarah? Uh... Can you, thank you, can you help me, thank you. Sure, of course. Um, Nazism in its very roots was a rebellion against the Bible, against the God of Abraham. Realizing that it was Christianity that implanted attachment to the God of Abraham and involvement with the Hebrew Bible in the hearts of Western man, Nazism resolves that it must both exterminate the Jews and eliminate Christianity and bring about instead a revival of Teutonic paganism. Nazism has suffered a defeat but the process of eliminating the Bible from the consciousness of the Western world goes on. It is on the issue of saving the radiance of the Hebrew Bible in the minds of man that Jews and Christians are called upon to work together. None of us can do it alone. Both of us must realize that in our age, anti-Semitism is anti-Christianity and that anti-Christianity is anti-Semitism. Another paragraph, this is the last one. Sure. This the supreme issue is today not the halakha for the Jew or, th or the church for the Christian, but the premise underlying both religions, namely whether there is a pathos, a divine reality concerned with the destiny of man, which mysteriously impinges upon history. The supreme issue is whether we are alive or dead to the challenge and the expectation of the living God. Horizons are wider, dangers are greater. No religion is an island. Wow. Thank you. Thank you to both of them. Yes, and why, why, wow, what, what, what do you feel? Well, it's a very apt description. 
and I've read a lot of descriptions of the Holocaust, but this is just, for some reason, very uh, strong, very, very strong. Yes. Amazing. And, and, very, and very unique in, in, yeah. in his, his understanding of the Holocaust. It's personal. It's very personal and and uh, the Heschel, Heschel described here uh, the Nazis' plan to discriminate the Jews as an anti-religion plane. Mm -hmm. It's not about racism, he said. They didn't want to kill us because a racist, a racist idea, but because they hate our faith it's a very unique explanation explanation mm -hmm. about about the holocaust about the shoah and why why explained it, it it's not it's not the regular explanation about the nazis yes what what is the what is why Heschel explained the Holocaust in this way. Uh, maybe, maybe, maybe I can ask another question. Uh, why, indeed, the Nazis uh, hated us? Why, why the racist um, hate was uh, toward the Jews? Who knows? There are, there are a lot of nations in the world why 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 all this crazy project yes of the final solution yes why why us well they started with um the gay com the gay community and um then they went on to the socialists and the and then they came to the jews which germany had a hundreds of years history of hating Jews. So it was just a matter of putting it finally into action in a big way. Right. But but Heschel has another explanation. And it's very interesting to try to understand. Against the, God, yeah. Brian, you raised, you raised your hand. Do you want to ask? Something? Yes, no, I was going to say that what Heschel is doing is he's, um, saying to uh, the folks at the seminary, listen, this was not just that you have a stake in this and that this was not solely something that was directed at the Jews or to uh, the gay community or to socialists or to Slavs, but that this was a much broader project and that at some point, if they had been successful, um, it would have eventually turned to you. And so if there were to be anything that were to come in the future, be aware that you are not immune from this. Of course, of course, there is the the, the context of this event. He tried to, to bring the Christian audience to, to feel empathy to, to, his, to his escape from Europe, to his uh, experience of the meaning of the Holocaust, but I don't think it, this this is the only reason. I think th there is 
a very interesting interpretation here of the Holocaust, uh, also for us, uh, not only for, for the Christian audience, but also for us as a Jews to read such explanation of the Holocaust. You know, there is a famous um, 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 divide between uh, Hanukkah and Purim. Yes, in Purim, uh, Haman uh, wanted to, to uh, fight against the Jewish body. And in Hanukkah, in Hanukkah uh, Antiochus, yes, uh, the Greek, the Greek uh, king want to, wanted to fight against the, Jew, the Jewish soul, the Jewish soul, the Jewish spirit. Uh, and I, I, until I read this, this uh, text, I believe that the Holocaust is much more closer to, to Purim. Uh, in fact, uh, the, Nazis, mm. the Nazis succeeded succeeded where, where a man uh, uh, they accomplished they accomplished the ancient uh, dream to 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 to, to uh, yes to, to yes to to to, uh, to fight and to make us uh, disappear and 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 here here Heschel explains for us the Jews so the meaning of the Holocaust is much closer to Hanukkah. It, it explains the, the spirit of Nazism as the opposite of the, the spirit of Judaism. Yes, and maybe, maybe this is the explanation why the Nazis hate us so much. Why the final solution was only against the Jews. Why? Because Judaism is the very opposite of racism. Yes. As long as there is one Jew in the world who believes in, in, in one God, who believes that one God created all human beings in his image, uh, the very idea of racism is a problem. This is why uh, Hitler hated us so much. And this is the very uh, deep uh, share of Judaism and, Christ and Christianity. Because the Christian message to the world is also that there is one God and that all human beings should be, uh, uh, should be uh, see themselves as created in the image of God. And this is the very deep connection between Judaism and Christianity, that both of them are the very opposite of Nazis, of, of, of the Nazi uh, racist idea. It's, it's a, for me as an Israeli, it, 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 I was astonished because in Israel we, our regular understanding of the Holocaust is as an ethnic, is as a racist hate against us. And this is why the state of Israel is the best 
uh, answer to the Holocaust. They tried to uh, to uh, send us to, to, to the gas chambers, and we have to fight for our uh, national state. But according to Heschel, if the pro if the reason that the Nazis hated us so much is a religion in in the in the deep sense is a religion uh, hate so the state of israel is not the answer to to the holocaust the very uh, the, the best answer to the holocaust is tikkun olam they hated us uh, because we are anti-racist so our answer to this hate is to bring the idea of tikkun olam to all the people. It's a very, uh, I believe, important implication of uh, these two understanding uh, understandings of, of the Holocaust. Yes. Anyone want to? to uh, yes, Brian. Uh, why do these have to be mutually exclusive? I don't understand. Why is it that it's either racism or an anti-religious feeling? Why can't it be both? Yes, in, in our... And, why, and also, why is it that the answer cannot be both Israel and Tikkun Olam? Yes. In, in our previous class, I tried to explain why that according to Hessian and according to Martin Luther King, there is a two kinds of uh, religious consciousness. One religious consciousness goes together with, racist, with racism, and another religious consciousness is the most important answer against racism. So uh, this kind of uh, faith, this kind of um, understanding of Judaism as a spiritual and moral understanding um, is the very opposite of racism. So it uh, have to be racism or uh, uh, the, the deep faith uh, in one God. And of course, you can you can be also a Zionist. You can be a moral and a spiritual um, uh, believer, and in the same time be a Zionist. But the question is, what is your deepest understanding of Judaism? If your deepest understanding of Judaism is back as a ethnic denomination, as if to be part of the Jewish people is uh, only a fate, is only a cult, maybe cultural um, um, uh, belonging. Um, so there was there is no place for this uh, deep understanding of the spirit of Judaism you might understand the spirit of Judaism as part 
of your ethnic um, community, of your culture, of your culture. But if the, your deep understanding of Judaism is as a moral and a spiritual understanding of tikkun olam, then in this context, there is a place for Zionism uh, as part of your mission for tikkun olam. But uh, you, you will have to uh, you will have to ask yourself uh, any time: Is Israel, uh, the state of Israel, live in this way? Is uh, if the state of Israel accomplish the idea of tikkun olam? Accomplishes the idea of tikkun olam. Okay. Um, shall we continue to read? Uh, now, in, in, in the next paragraphs, uh, Heschel uh, explain, explained um, again, again, is, is, uh, this, is, is this deep understanding of, uh, of God as a parent, of human dignity as a divine concern, which we uh, spoke about in our uh, previous class uh, now in in the context of uh, interreligious um, dialogue yes uh, does someone want to read the next paragraph on what basis Brian do you want to read maybe sure thank you on what basis do we people of different religious commitments meet one another First and foremost, we meet as human beings who have so much in common, a heart, a face, a voice, the presence of a soul, fears, hope, the ability to trust, a capacity for compassion and understanding, the kinship of being human. My first task in every human encounter is to comprehend the personhood of the human being I face, to sense the kinship of being human, solidarity of being. To meet a human being is a major challenge to mind and heart. I must recall what I normally forget. A person is not just a specimen of the species called Homo sapiens. He is all of humanity in one. And whenever one man is hurt, we are all injured. The human um, is a disclosure of the divine, and all men are in God's care for man. Many things on earth are precious, some are holy, Humanity is holy of holies. To meet a yes, please continue. Okay, uh, to meet a human being is an opportunity to see the image of God, the presence of God. According to rabbinical interpretation, the Lord says to Moses, "Wherever you see the trace of man, there I stand before you." When engaged in a conversation with a person of different religious commitment, I discover that we disagree in matters sacred to us. Does the image of God I face disappear? Does God cease to stand before me? Does the difference in commitment destroy the kinship of, of being human? Does the fact that we differ in our conceptions of God cancel what we have in common, the image of God? Wow. What do you say about these final questions? Do you, do you feel once this uh, tension between your 
con concept and conceptual understanding of the religion and the most deep feeling of all being human as created in the likeness of God. Do you ever feel, did you ever feel this tension? But for Rachel, it's not a real tension. Our, our mutual feeling as human beings, the deep dialogue, theological feeling of brotherhood and sisterhood between uh, one human being to another, this is the most important effect of God upon us. And our conceptions about God, this is uh, our <laughs> understandings of God. This is not his understanding of humanity. What do you say? This, can say yes. this sounds to me like a very beautiful explanation of Ve'ahavta. Yeah. It, at one, I mean, it just, it's amazing. It does sound like this is what you got to do if you actually want to do it. Yes, as you know, the end of the, of the, this verse from the Torah, Ve'ahavta le'racha kamocha, love your, love uh, your neighbor as yourself, the next words in the Torah uh, I am the Lord because according to Heschel the source of the love to your neighbor the soul the source of your love the source the source of uh, the love between human beings is I am the Lord the, the, the Lord's perspective on humanity yeah. When you open your heart to feel, uh, to sow humanity, to see humanity from God's perspective, then you, as I as I as I explained in our last class, is is it, it is it's like the love to your brother or sister, which according to Asher, the source of the, this love to your brother and sister is uh, you your father and mothers, your fathers and mothers love to both of you. When you open yourself to see your brother from your, from the perspective of your mother and your father, then you, you feel uh, the brotherhood and the sisterhood between, uh, between uh, you. Okay? And maybe maybe we will read another paragraph in which I shall explain it in his words. Uh, and in the context of uh, the, the relation between Jews and Christians. Uh, does another one want, want to read? Yael, maybe you want, want, to, want to, to be, to, to, to help us? There are levels of existence here? Yes, of course. Please, please read, there are levels. 
There are levels of existence where Jews and Christians meet as sons and brothers. To be sure, all people, all men are sons of one father, but they have also the power to forfeit their birthright, to turn rebels, voluntary bastards. It is not flesh and blood, but honor and disobedience that saves the right of sonship. We claim brotherhood by being subject to God's commandments. We are sons when we hearken to the Father, when we praise and honor him. The recognition that we are sons in obeying God and praising him is the starting point of my reflection. I am a companion of all who fear thee, of those who keep thy precepts. I rejoice wherever his name is praised, his presence sensed, his commandment done. The first and most important prerequisite of interfaith is faith. Religion is... Thank you, thank you, thank you. Okay. Bakasha. Yes, thank you. Yes, as you can see, yes, in these lines, Eshel Eshel, uh, understand, understood uh, the source of interfaith dialogue in this deep understanding of faith. Yes, the deep understanding understanding of faith is not to say something about God. The deep understanding of faith is to feel God's presence in every human being, to feel his Tzelem Elohim, to feel his likeness uh, in, in the face of your companion in the face of you of 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 their of every human beings and this is why even though we are all the sons or the daughters of god when someone behaves as a nazi when someone uh, hated another human being uh, because uh, because his racist perspective, because uh, this hate, the source of this, when the source of of, the, of this hate is racist, then uh, this Nazi, this fascist, lost his sonhood, has lost lost his relation to the father or mother. Of all humanity, yes, you can you can lost the likeness of God when you are a racist. When you look at another human being from racist perspective, when you behave to another human being as if you but an object, you loss you lose uh, your connection with the universal universal parent of all humanity and you lose uh, uh, this uh, this uh, right to see yourself as a sign of them what do you say about this uh, understanding of 
the brotherhood and sisterhood between human beings uh, about this understanding of uh, racism about this understanding of racism as a yes when when you are racist when you look at another human being as if he is not a human being then you are losing the understanding of yourself as a human being to be a human being is not a mere biological condition to be a human being depends on the relation to all the other human beings when you yes yeah please you want to ask something the problem i think all of us here agree with this but the problem in encountering racism is that those who are racist do not believe that the groups against which they stand are fully human. They see them not as children of God, but something else. And, and, and I think that's the essential problem. Yes. Yes, but the question is why? Why you, you see the, uh, the other uh, community is not a full uh, human beings. Why? If the source of your perspective is racist, the meaning is that you are losing the right to, to be a, a human being in its full meaning. But if the source of your perspective is the love that you want to be between all human beings, because you call the other community that, and the other communities to be in love, to be in this sisterhood and brotherhood with you, and the other communities behave in a racist way. So there is a right to fight against them. They don't want to see you as a human being. So mm -hmm. they lose the right uh, to be the sons of God. But you, you want everyone to be in love. You want that all the communities will, will live together as the sons and daughters of God. So you have to fight against community, against racist communities. This is the difference between uh, hate and other community just because their ethnic souls or their religious belief or to fight against community because this is a racist system. Yes. Annie, do you want to say something? Yeah, I've, I just have a couple of questions. One is, is, he's, is he saying that really, if you don't believe in God, you really haven't got a shot at brotherhood because it, it takes a belief in God to understand that we're all made by one God and that's the basis. 
I mean, what if you run up against people who don't believe in God? They still maybe wouldn't want to be racist. I mean, how do you relate to that? How does he relate to that? Uh, the, the question is, what is the meaning of you believe in God? Yes. It's not a mere saying. Okay. For Heschel, the test of you believing God is this brotherhood and sister. And this and sister. Okay, right. If you, if you believe in God, make you make you lose this feeling of brotherhood the meaning is that you believe in god is an idolatry this is what mm -hmm. he said in his previous speech but right. the question is if you really feel the brotherhood and sisterhood between all human beings and you say i don't believe in god mm -hmm. or heschel the real test is the feeling of brotherhood and sisterhood. If this is the this is the most important test. The question okay. is not, not what you are what you are saying about God, but it but the question is if you feel his presence between all human beings. Okay. And the question is not if you say I feel this uh, uh, presence, but how you behave to all human beings. This is the most important test. Mm -hmm. So uh, Heschel's stress was where uh, human rights uh, fighters, and and he, I don't think that he judge uh, he judge as a friendship uh, according to to his, to their saying about God, to their if they are Christians, if they are seculars. This is not the question. The question, the question is, if you feel human rights uh, in, in humanity, this is the most important test, and I believe, according to Hesh. Maybe you can, maybe we can read it in, in the next paragraph. Yes, but you have uh, another question, uh, and Ed, you, you, you said that you have several questions. No, I think you, you answered them. The person, can, it's true that a, Heschel would say that if you believe in brotherhood and sisterhood, then that is more important than whether you say you believe in God or whether you actually are, say, an atheist and you don't believe in God altogether. He might still define this brotherhood as somehow relating to that. Or he'd say it's not as important whether you believe or not. Let's read it in his words in the next paragraph. Okay. Yes, um, does someone want to read? Uh, no, but Miri, are you with us? Do you want to, to read? Or Lisa? Oh. <laughs> I'll read. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, religion is, is a means. Okay. All right. Uh, religion is a means, not the end. It becomes idolatrous when regarded as an end in itself. Over and above all being stands the creator and Lord of history, he who transcends all. To equate religion and God is idolatry. Does not the all-inclusiveness of God contradict the exclusiveness of any particular religion? The prospect of all men embracing one form of religion remains an eschatological hope. What 
about here and now? Is it not blasphemous to say, I alone have all the truth and the grace, and all those who differ live in darkness and are abandoned by the grace of God? Human faith is never final, never an arrival, but rather an endless pilgrimage, a being on the way. We have no answers to all problems. Heresy is often a roundabout expression of faith, and sojourning in the wilderness is a preparation for entering the promised land. Wow. Wow. Do you ever, did you ever read <laughs> such an explanation about the relation between religion and God? About the difference between religion and God? God, God and religion are not the same. And some, sometimes heresy is also part of our way uh, around God. What do you say about this saying? Do you, do you believe that religious people have also moments of heresy? Do you believe? And maybe atheist has also a moment of faith? Maybe it's, it, it, it is much more complicated than I am a part of religious community. I believe in God, I believe in God. It's much more complicated than to say such a thing. Yes, Brian, I'm from Israel. I don't know what is raising a, a hand. Oh. We, 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 everyone wants to say something and we Sorry. simply start saying it, yes. Sorry, yes, this is a significant cultural difference. Um, so I, I'm curious as to how such views were received, um, by, um, other, uh, other rabbis, because this is a very profound statement because in very many ways, it almost undermines, um, or raises questions about a strict halachic life. Um, because it says, um, don't fetishize the things that you believe to be um, both superior to, to others in terms of, of belief, but also in terms of practice. And that um, by becoming so um, focused and so um, single-minded in your view of what is acceptable and not acceptable practice, um, you actually act in a way that is very contrary to what it is to have belief. Yes. Thank you. It's a very important question. In fact, in the in this, this speech of Heschel is a reply to Rabbi Soloveitchik's speech about interreligious dialogue which was titled by Rav Soloveitchik, Confrontation. According to Rabbi Soloveitchik, uh, the meaning of uh, being part of one uh, religious community is that you can't speak with a human being from another religious community especially not to speak about your deep 
was according to Rabbi Soloveitchik, uh, indeed we are human beings, but our uh, religious uh, saying, uh, there is a confrontation between them. If you want to believe in Jesus, you can believe, I can believe in, in the Torah, and as, as much as we speak uh, to each other about faith, we will fight, we will not understand each, we will not understand each other, there, there will be only a confrontation. So we can cooperate about social issues, but we shouldn't speak about religious issues. This is Rabbi Soloveitchik. No a, a confrontation, which, which Rabbi Soloveitchik uh, spoke this speech because Vatican II, etc. And this is Heschel's reply. No religion is an island. In, the, in every meaningful religious saying, there is the same one God. And as much you will speak to each other about your religious uh, understandings, you will find the same uh, ground, the same sky, the same heaven, and and indeed there, this 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 is a Hasidic saying about religious practice, about religious uh, deeds. As you know, the Hasidic uh, movement movement uh, was a revelation. This is the word against the religious establishment of its time. When the ancient religious establishment say, you have to practice halacha, this is the, the test of being a Jew, the Hasidic movement say, no, there is a deeper place than halachic uh, deeds. And if you can't pray, between six and eight in the morning from the Sidhu, from the from the yes, the praying book, please go to the forest afternoon and call God in your own words. And this is the uh, deeper understanding of praying. Praying is not only to, to to read from the praying book, to pray is first and foremost to stand before God and not only to read the words of, of the prayer. Yes, and, and in this sense, Heschel, Heschel saw himself as a, as a, as a, as the, the, Oh, he, 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 he went in the ways of his Hasidic uh, fathers and his Hasidic uh, rabbis, just like he, he intended to be uh, by them. Uh, when, when he came back from the famous Selma 
march with Martin Luther King, his wife and daughter asked him how, how it was to, 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 to went with, to, to march with Martin Luther King. And he said, and he said, my legs were praying to fight against racism is to stand before God. And this is the a much more important understanding of Judaism than and much more deep understanding deep it's deepest it's deeper understanding of Judaism that a mere halachic phenomenon for him. So, so I have a question. Um, when talking to um, other faiths, since each um, in turn uh, believes that they have a revealed truth, and those in some cases overlap and in some cases are, are very close to your own, but there are profound differences between them. And this is not just a matter of practice. It's not just a matter of um, putting um, practice over, over truth, but that there are fundamental dif disagreements. And in particular with both uh, Christianity and Islam, since they succeed in terms of time order, um, Judaism, they both make statements, actively make statements about either uh, perfecting previous revelations or that they represent the last of what is the, the, the perfect revelation. So in that context, how does that um, square with what um, you just described in terms of Heschel's reaction to Soloveitchik? You, I, 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 if I can uh, suggest, please read all Heschel's speech. He is really uh, related to your question in his words, but uh, I didn't, I, I don't bring them here. But he, he wrote about it, and this is maybe if I can, if I can say in few words, this is why this interreligious dialogue is so important for Heschel. In our first class, I explained uh, that when Heschel met Hitler, met Adolf Hitler, he understood that his mission as a Jewish philosopher is to change the Western civilization, to help the Western civilization uh, to find its deepest source, its deepest source of moral obligation. And this is why he engaged in this uh, Vatican II progress of the Catholic Church because he, because he wanted to open the Christian heart uh, to the understanding that no religion is an island. Because he do care it, 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 because Heschel's, Heschel's believe that in the deepest source of, Christ, of Christianity and Islam, there is the same one God of Judaism. In spite of all the past saying in Christianity, in Islam, and also in Judaism, also in his own days, about that 
our uh, religious saying is the only one. No, Heschel wants to change the world. Heschel wants that all the religious people will find will find that the deepest source of their own religion is the same one God of all religions. And this is a Hasidic perspective. This is not a, a Christian or universal perspective. This is what Herschel uh, learned from the Besht, from the Kotzker. And he wrote a, a book about this. If you want, there is a, one of his book is about Herschel and Kierkegaard. Uh, not Heschel, the Kotzker, the, the Kotzker rabbi, and Kierkegaard, the famous Christian philosopher, and, the, and this shared understanding of both of them from the 19th century. The name of the, the book is A Passion for Truth. You Can you say the name of the book again? A Passion for Truth. Thanks. Thank you for, for everyone of being part of our class today. Thank you. And thank you, Sarah. Thank you. Thanks very much. Thank you very much. This is very interesting. And I do want to give a quick plug to everyone before you jump off the call. Um, in addition to this class, Drisha has many, many classes running right now. And you can find all of the details on the registration links on our website at www.drisha.org classes. So again, thank you all for your participation. And thank you, Dr. Rondi, for an amazing class as always. Thank you. Thank you.